Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your humble hosts, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, my dear, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to it. We are going to finish what we started yesterday, guys. And if you mm-hmm. have not listened to yesterday's show, the topic is, this is the uh, provocative subject of the today's and yesterday's shows, deals dying, question mark, bulletproof buyer financing with the ultimate addendum. And really what motivated Julie and I to do this show was uh, because we know a lot of you guys are struggling with getting your deals to actually cross into the end zone and get the deals to close. And a lot of times it's happening for reasons that you actually can um, control. And um, you, despite what you're being told, despite maybe what um, your broker or your office manager may be leading you to believe, your lender is almost always at fault for a lot of these buyer deals not closing. And yesterday we gave you a lot of the sort of inside information on why that's true. But today we're going to give you the specifics on what you need to start including in every single purchase contract, whether it's um, you know your buyers presenting an offer or whether it's an offer that you're considering accepting from a co-op you need to start using this exact language. Now, Julie, I'm going to throw out the disclaimer in the legal Mickey Mouse so you don't have to do it during your presentation. Um, sure. You need, to, you need to run all the uh, technical language we're going to give you guys today by your broker, your office manager, whoever it is. Run it up the flagpole. Uh, we're not giving you guys legal advice. Every state's different. Everybody's going to have to operate under the guidelines of their particular situation. Um, so, you know, just remember that. But for the most part, it's uh, pretty straightforward, not very complicated um, text that we're going to give you for you guys to include in all of your addendums. So we're going to deep dive into that information today as promised. But before we do, Julie, I believe you have an email from a listener that you want to uh, share. Well, actually, from a recent coaching call, I just wanted to highlight Alex, who we're coaching in uh, Kennewick, Washington. Alex has been working really hard on just the absolute nitty-gritty of the listing presentation itself. And i got to tell you, he is doing such a killer job. In the past two weeks, he has gone on ten appointments, taken seven listings, and probably will get the other three. So we're, nice. we're getting to the point where he is literally taking a listing a day on business days. We throw out the weekends, a listing a day. So his plan is very simple. Some of you guys like to really overcomplicate what you're working on in the business. Alex's plan is this, every day, set a, set a new listing appointment, go on an appointment. When you set one yesterday, you'll be going on one today. So he's setting one and going on one, setting one, going on one, like clockwork. Now, in addition to that, not only is he using his pre-listing package, but he's now integrated his pre-listing routine, which consists of things like showing up at least 10 minutes ahead of time, going through the CMA in his car. He parks about one or two streets away from the subject property, parks his car, goes over the CMA, goes over things that he wants to handle in the listing presentation, reminds himself of certain scripting things that we've worked on, and then he actually has even a post-appointment routine. He sends a thank you card. We're talking nitty-gritty super polish, which is one of the reasons why he's able to set one, go on one, set one, go on one. And the third part of his day enter a new listing, okay? So it really can be that clockwork. And it's so beautiful and elegant to see that because 
so many times you guys get into the drama and I can't do this because I'm so busy and I'm swamped with that and it's feast or famine. No, once you have really worked on this and polished things, it can be clockwork. And it's just such a beautiful thing to see. Alex is doing a killer job, so I just wanted to highlight him. So Alex works with Lance and Karen Kenmore, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, so Lance and Karen, guys, right, Lance and Karen have been uh, superstars of ours for more than 10 years, probably like 15 years. I think last year they sold over 300 houses. Um, There's past radio interviews with those guys if you guys (laughs) want to go back and listen. Yeah, let me give you you a quick little picture of that because I happen to have an email of their numbers. This is how clockwork it is. Over the past week, six new listings, seven sold, four buyer sales, two price reductions, six closings, 22 active listings, 47 pending, and 99 closed. That's how well they know their numbers. That's on, a, on a, almost a daily basis. So they are literally probably today going to close their 100th deal this early in the year, which is pretty rocking. But the point you know, it's is interesting, Julie. It, it's really organized. Yeah, go ahead. What's interesting, what's interesting about like what you described, Alex, and, and I'm thinking of you know, a lot of our other just long time – it's funny. These, a lot of coaching clients, you guys have become like family. You know, not immediate family, but I, I, Julie and I refer to you guys as extended family because that's really what you've become. Even, you know, working with some of our other coaches, we get to know you guys through the coaches and things like that. So you're like our extended family. But being successful is like being a monk. You have to kind of accept the fact that you're going to live a bit of a monastic life and that's the hard part for a lot of people. A lot of people struggle with the fact that, you know, it, you guys have all heard this before. Don't roll your eyes as I say it. Uh, but doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. What that generally means is that you have to do stuff that's basically going to be focused on actual, honest-to-God, drilled-down work. And you heard Julie talk about go on one, take one. That basically is boring. That, I did that. Julie did that. We sold real estate, guys. Hey, here's a novel idea. Hire coaches that actually sold real estate. So that was what our lives were like. And let me tell you, that does get boring. You wake up in the morning, you do your lead generation, you pre-qualify, you set an appointment, you go on an appointment, you take, an, you take a listing a day. That's basically your entire day. There's not a lot of socializing. It's just staying drilled down, staying focused, and getting the job done. The accumulation effect of all of that happening um, you know, is incredible because then you actually start having – you start actually helping a lot of people at a high level making a lot of money. The mistake that a lot of you guys make is you start telling yourself, "Oh my God, I could never, I could never do that. That's too much hour. That's too many hours. That's too much work. That's too much business. That's too many deals to handle. That's too many detail, details to go over." So what happens is you guys fill all your minds through, for, with all these excuses, all these sort of worst case scenarios. And really what that is, is it's your ego holding you back from being successful. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. So when we share you stories about Alex or just really our thousands of other really top producing coaching clients around the country, you guys can go back and listen to the interviews we've done with, yeah, not a lot of them, but a few of them on realestatecoachingradio.com. You guys can download and listen to over 500 past radio shows. But that's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear for the most part that these guys wake up in the morning, they do their morning routine, you know, they exercise, some of them pray, meditate, whatever, to show gratitude towards their families, they eat right, then they go and they basically, you know, they're like monks. They, they start their day. They don't start their day with a lot of fanfare. There's not a lot of drama. They sit down. They do their work. They do it at a high level. They do it for a scheduled short period of time. Generally speaking, they'll set an appointment, a pre-qualified appointment in less than an hour. You know, then they'll go back and they'll follow their schedule. And they'll have scheduled, regimented days for usually just the mornings. In the afternoons, they're open for appointments, and they'll go on an appointment in the afternoon. That's how it works. So if you guys can accept the fact that this is the shortest path 
to your success, to everything you really want from your business. You guys want financial freedom. Uh, you, guys, you want freedom, and the freedom comes from basically ha having your money work for you and you no longer having to work for your money. But in order for that to happen, you actually have to work. And you're going to have to work in the mornings. And over time, a year, two, three, four years, five years maybe it takes that long, you will have created enough uh, net profit that you will have reinvested and then you will have enough money coming in from things that, you know, like rental properties that make it so that you are, by definition, rich. Again, where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. Do yourself a favor and stop fighting that. Do yourself a favor and stop looking for the shortcuts. I had a coaching client, actually a coach, asking about a coaching client who said that he had another coach with another coaching company, and I'm not going to bash other coaches, but it's very difficult for me not to. I'm not going to lie who basically told this guy that part of his daily, you know, what he should do every day is go on Facebook and like um, his past clients' posts, and that somehow is going to get him business. I mean, I had to hold myself back from laughing. That's such horrible garbage advice. You guys know that. So don't fall prey to some of this easy button BS that's floating around out there in the marketplace. Listen to our past shows. Adopt the mindset. It's simple. It's, it's not exciting. It's doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. But what Julie said, it's beautiful and it's elegant because you'll find that you're in a pattern. It's like a beautiful waltz. It's like a dance. It's like something that's like when you listen to a really wonderful piece of music and everything just sort of sinks. It just weaves together in such a harmonic, spiritual way that it almost is hard to believe that it's made by man. That's what a well-run business feels like. That's what your days can feel like. And it's not that difficult. The only thing that's standing in the way really is your resistance. You just accepting the fact that there is a surefire path to follow, and when you follow it, it's not that much really to learn, guys. We've already done all the work for you. And when you follow it and when you do what we ask you to do, you can personalize it. You know, you can internalize it and personalize it. We want you to do that. But then things start happening easier. Julie, I had a call. I like talking about Rob Johnson because he's cool. You know, Greenwich, Connecticut, right? So mm -hmm. Rob's average sale price is probably 5 or $6 million. He's one of the top producing agents. He, but here's the thing. He's only been selling real estate for four years, maybe three. Um, yeah, and he is doing extremely well. Well, guess what he does? Mm -hmm. His whole system is, is our system. His whole system, listing presentation, the pre-listing pack, everything, he does exactly you know, exactly like we asked him to do it. His, when I role play with him on different, you know, he's going, he has a listing appointment for $10 million or 9.7 or something today. And he and I were talking about the situation with the seller and we were role playing. He's using our scripts exactly. Well, why the hell wouldn't he? He knows it works. Right. You know, so, he doesn't have all these elaborate anyway. rules that if it's, you know, under $3 million, I do it this way, and if it's $10 million, I do it that nope. way, and if I knew them previously nope. or if they emailed or texted me, right? He just has yeah. that cookie cutter. Cookie cutter in the sense that your system's the same way, but we teach you how to personalize your presentation. You've got to have the foundation and the basics in the system in order to have the freedom to, in his case, I would call it robizing his presentation, so, right. you know, it's pretty amazing. And I just, you know, I started out talking by, about Alex, that Alex has learned to polish and systematize and uncomplicate the process. Sometimes you guys get into stuff and you overcomplicate it, and then that becomes your excuse for why you're not doing more. So it doesn't have to be this elaborate process. There are certain things that are core foundational coaching. So if you have questions about that, some, you know, if you want to do what these clients that we talk about are doing because you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel and think it all up yourself, then you can, you know, check out our coaching. So, Tim, if that's something that's popping into their head, well, I want to be like Rob. You know, I want to be like Alex. Where can they go to get well, more information on that? 
Well, I, you just said something I have to clear my mind before I forget. Another thing that um, I hope you guys take away from listening to all of our past shows is that the top producing agents, and you guys can you listen to our superstar interviews with Frederick Eklund, with Ryan Surhan, and with all the other agents that you guys you know idolize, and rightfully so, I might add, because they've really done fantastic things. One of the key things that they do that is very difficult for me to get them to admit that they do on the radio show because they don't want you guys to know because it's so stupid simple is they always call. They don't email back leads. Mm. That's not something they'll Critical. do. They might send a quick, they might send another, a quick email back, but they will call. And here's the other thing. They do all their own prequalification. So those are two really big things that people just basically take for granted. Again, Julie said all these leads, you know, all these rules. They email, you email. They SMS, you SMS. No, none of that. Ugh. When someone contacts you, you call them back. The phone call has become the new personal note. And personal notes are another great idea. But uh, picking up the phone and actually having a phone call with someone, whereas virtually everybody else in this world is essentially relying strictly on digital, you know, emailing, texting, whatever, whatever. When you pick up the phone and you call, you make a massive positive impact on them, and they feel important because so few people are doing that anymore. Most people are really freaking lazy, agents especially. Yeah. They won't pick up the phone and call. That's bad, okay? So if you guys want to be successful, don't do what everybody else is doing. Do what the best people are doing. You know, you guys are following these paths, but you're not realizing the paths were forged by people that didn't go very far up the mountain. Follow the paths that lead all the way up to the top. There are certain distinct ways you can actually accomplish success quicker with a lot less work. Uh, again, you know, you guys are the ones that make it hard on yourselves because, truthfully, it's not that difficult to make lots of money and help, you know, lots and lots of people in this industry. To answer Julie's other question, you guys are on your mobile devices. You're going to want to know about the coaching program. The best entry point for us is Real Estate Coaching Essentials. Uh, you can join one of our other coaching programs as well, but Real Estate Coaching Essentials is $99 a month if you use the student approval program. It includes everything that we ever talk about automatically done for you, BPO information as well, the REO information as well, pre-listing, pack listing, presentation, all that. All you got to do is fill out that form that's on your mobile device. Just scroll down, name, phone number, email address. Someone from our office will call you back. By simply filling out the form, you get those six free books for free. Those will be emailed to you the second you fill out the form. It's that simple. No strings attached. Julie, let's get to our points. Perfect. All right. So we are continuing our discussion about the ultimate addendum. This is your insurance policy against your deals tanking at the 11th hour. So uh, just a quick review. Your mission is to force the buyer's lender, whether that's your buyer or your another agent's buyer's lender, to get an approval well before the week of closing, not days or hours before, and not with an extension needed. So we're going to get into the specifics. Before we do that, make sure you review your own cultural practices, timing modifications, appraisal issues. You're going to modify this as needed to your own personal marketplace and your own cultural practices. How do you use it? Either as an addendum upon acceptance or as a counteroffer, depending on how your negotiations go. Is that clear enough so far, Tim? I get kind yep, of in the weeds going. on this just to make sure that they're uh, good. Okay. We have, Jules, we have to deliver to them actual usable language. So I'm about to skip say addendum A. Yep. Okay. All right, go. You got go it. for it. Okay. So again, either as a counter or as part of the contract, here is our suggested wording, modifiable by you for your market, etc. You can call it addendum A. Remember, all of your purchase contracts require that all addendums are in writing and attached to the contract. So yes, you're going to require signatures on this. Now, here's what you're going to say. Lender's letter of pre-approval 
to be received within 10 business days, you could modify that back to five or seven if you like, of contract acceptance. Now, you might say, well, I've already got a letter, letter, lender letter of pre-approval. Well, just stay tuned. We're giving them longer days, business days, because we're asking for this letter of pre-approval to specifically verify the following. So take good notes, guys. Part A, we're going to have the lender's letter verify that the buyer's down payment is adequate for the purchase price of this home. You might stick in the address there at the contract price of the price they're actually in contract for, and it's been verified and is acceptable to the lender. So this is all about the down payment. Boilerplate lender's letter will say, yep, they're pre-approved you know, to buy that house. Well, maybe their pre-approval was based on them qualifying up to 600, and now they're in contract at 700. So we're saying that it's adequate for this house at this price. It's been verified, and it's acceptable. That alone makes it a better pre-approval letter if we were to just stop there. <laughs> okay, but wait, there's more. So part B, this is what we're requiring. The buyer's employment and employment history have been verified and are adequate for the purchase of this home at contract price. Make sense so far, Tim? Let me just underline that second part. So you guys know someone has a job, great. But if they don't have a job that's in the same industry, even if they're making the same amount of money, some lenders will actually say that's not good enough. So if someone went from being a candlestick maker to a you know, baseball player, the lender, even though they're making the same amount of money, says, nope, that won't work. So lenders do, and Julie, get ready to go through the next three or four points relatively yep, quick. You got it. What the lenders have is they have overlays. And what an overlay is is that there are additional rules that they put on top of whatever essentially the mortgage regulations are. And a lot of the, so each lender is going to have a different set of overlays depending on the mortgage product it's, itself. So don't assume that lender, the lender that you have been using forever is going to have all the products that you actually want. But remember, guys, the lenders, the loan officers that you're dealing with, I promise you are spending the least amount of time on your files until there is a contract that's been agreed upon. So that's the reason your deals come uh, blow up at the last minute. It's not like the lender is going to call you up and say, oh, I'm sorry, you know that $10,000 or $100,000 paycheck you're expecting to get next week? Not happening because guess what? When your buyer originally called me to get pre-qualified, well, I only did a one-merge credit report, which we're getting to yeah. in a second. I didn't actually check their credit or I didn't verify this or verify that. They're not going to tell you that. They're going to make some BS up about how some, you know, whatever happened, and that's going to result in this, that, or the other. They're going to blame some obtuse you know, far-reaching reasons so that you don't actually get pissed at them. But if you yep. presented this addendum to, you know, you, whoever your lenders are, say, this is what my new minimum standards are for my any buyers I send you. All these things must be done. You're going to find a lot of your lenders are going to tell you to piss off because they're not going to want to do that amount of work, but then you'll find the good ones. You'll actually have right. to dig through the riffraff of the lazy Larry, the you know lender, and you're going to eventually find one that's actually good, or two that are good, or three that are good, and those become your partners, your lending partners for the rest of your career. Next point, Julie. Next point is that we're going to require the buyer's credit has been checked with all three reporting bureaus and is adequate for the purchase of this home at contract price with verified down payment amount. So now we're combining that their credit is adequate including the thought that maybe they're putting 10% down. So the smaller the down payment, the more the credit matters. Point number D, buyer is not contingent on the sale of any property, real estate, or otherwise. 
Point number E, buyer's ratios are verified and adequate for the purchase of the subject property at contract price with their down payment, employment, and credit in alignment. So we're gradually building all of these facts, you see. Point F, buyer's identity has been verified and is sufficient for the lender. How many of you guys have gotten to three days before closing and you find out they're not a U.S. citizen or they can't verify or something is up with that? Kind of a hard thing to fix with only 72 hours to go. Point number Julie, G, the buyer, yes. Let me, Julie, okay, thank you for going quick. But buyers, I'm going to go back to point D because the second sure. part, you guys make sure you're paying attention. Buyer is not contingent on the sale of any property, real estate, or otherwise. The last or otherwise is what matters because, again, as we gave you guys the example on part one of this show, a lot of times the buyer, you'll get offers on your properties and it won't say contingent of home sale, but it'll be, it turns out it's actually contingent on the sale of an apartment complex or it's contingent on the sale of a Persian rug or it's contingent on the sale of the prized pig. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But unless you actually drill down and in your lender's letter that you got from that co-op, you insisted that it said it's not contingent on the sale of anything in addition to the buyer's present home, or if they have one, then you're actually going to get to the truth. You guys have got to do a better job, especially listing up agents representing your sellers and not, expect, not accepting garbage lenders' letters from these, um, from these co-ops. The co-ops themselves don't know that they're accepting garbage lenders' letters unless they're listening to our radio show today. Okay, So they are victims of this late Larry – what was it, Larry – the lender, lady, the lady, whatever the, the hell lender. it is. Yeah, that guy. So yeah. they're victims of him as well. So you can share, if you choose to, this you know addendum with him or your, your co-op as well and say, listen, this is what I require. This is what Julie and I did when we sold real estate. When we got a lender's letter or we had a, you know, we would sometimes write into the MLS. We'd say all buyers must be approved and basically must comply with this addendum. So if we got an offer in and it attached a lender's letter, as Julie said, we'd send a counter back and we'd say, even say we, the prices were acceptable, fine, price is great, or if we negotiated on price, we'd you know, counter with the price, and then we'd say, lender's letter must reflect the following, and we would attach what we expect the lender's letter to reflect. When we did it that way, the co-ops were happy as pigs in slop because they didn't care because we were doing their job for them, making sure that their buyer was thoroughly vetted. Um, but when you do it beforehand, you know, I'm thinking about making an offer, and I want to, you know, get my buyer in first. And you send over this, you know, these requirements for the lender's letter. That's when they get snippy a little bit. But who cares? Let them get snippy. Your job is to protect the seller from going into contract, you know, walking down the aisle, and then turns out the last minute the person's going to ditch out on them, and that's going to hurt the property. Yeah, so you guys have you. to play hardball. Yeah, they w well, they should. Well, they will when you give them the big check because you closed, you sold the <laughs> yeah. house. You know, that's it. Next point, yeah. All right, point number G. The buyer has been advised not to apply for new credit until after the closing of this property. That's the job of the lender and the buyer's agent. People forget to do that, and then you guys get surprised because it wrecks their whole deal. Point number H. Buyer has disclosed any simultaneous closing requirements, and the lender finds such as acceptable. Okay. So maybe they're buying two properties at the same time. Maybe they're closing one and buying one the same day. Simultaneous closings, especially depending on where you are and how your closings are handled, can be an issue. So be careful with that. Point number I, buyer is not dependent upon commission kickbacks or other contributions in order to execute this contract. Some of you guys have found out, well, they were counting on getting their buyer's agent to give them 1% towards their closing costs or they can't close. It'd kind of be nice to know that up front and to address it. Now, there are some optional items here. 
Optional, depends on what side of the deal you're on and what your buyer is willing to do. Note that many of you have market-specific, board-approved, appraisal, home sale contingency, and escalation addenda that you may need to be using. So if you've got standard issue stuff from your board, make sure that you know about it. Some of you will say, well, we don't have that. Are you sure? Have you asked? Maybe you don't think you have it because you've never used it before. So here are some optional things. Point A, should appraisal become an issue, buyer and seller shall split the difference up to X dollar amount. Or should appraisal become an issue, buyer shall agree to pay up to but not over X percent of appraised value. Or should buyer be in a competitive situation, buyer to escalate up to X percent of list price not to exceed blank. Something on that order. Again, depending on how competitive, what your buyers are willing to do. You can also use contingent on sale of buyer's home. However, seller shall continue to market the home. Should the seller receive a non-contingent offer, buyer shall be given 72 hours to remove the home sale contingency and proceed to close, decide to become a backup offer, or cancel the contract in writing. So these are all little specific ins and outs that you may or may not need. Another note to self. Consider what happens to the buyer's earnest money deposit funds in any of the above situations. It varies greatly from market to market whether they're going to, you know, basically kiss their earnest money goodbye, depending on the situation. You can always modify that in writing and have everybody agree to the modification. Again, it varies from market to market and check with your broker, legal counsel, what are the cultural expectations in your marketplace. Some of it is standard, some of it is situational. So Remember, you can modify, you can change whatever you want to in writing as long as you have full signatures, full disclosure. So we went through this relatively quickly because there's so many different bits and pieces. But remember, this is based on the previous radio show where we identified what are the top 8 or 12 different things that wreck your deals. It all comes down to, I mean, inspections are its own thing. We probably should do a show on how to get in front of the inspection problems. But most of it comes down to financing. Their credit is screwed up secretly. They might be secretly contingent on home sale and just look like they're contingent on financing. Maybe they are showing conventional, but they're actually going FHA. All of these different things crop up during underwriting, which is that last final piece before they get approved, which is usually right before closing. The so, ultimate so addendum is your hedge against that. Go ahead. Okay, so you guys are going to ask for copies of this. Get it from your coach. It's part of Real Estate Coaching Essentials, so there's that. Uh, point number, the other thing that Julie just touched on, a quick suggestion, uh, appraisals aren't – I'm sorry, you guys are not losing deals, a lot of you, from home inspections because you're still in what feels like a hot seller's market, but that's coming your way soon. The rest of you, the 90% of you who do lose deals over home inspections, a quick, easy – well, it's not really easy, but a way to work around that is have the house pre-inspected. Have your houses, the, your listings pre-inspected. Um, you know, you can batter back and forth with the seller who's going to pay for it. One of the things that we used to do is we would, you know, basically agree to pay for it at closing, you know, provided that we, you know, this, everything worked out in essence. So the seller had to pay for it up front, and we'd reimburse them at closing. But most cases, we get the seller just to pay for it themselves. Have the house pre-inspected. Have to then show proof that the work from the inspection was done. Leave that on the countertop. And sometimes you can just get the buyer to accept that as the inspection, and then you basically save yourself from that anguish. And the other thing is with the appraisal. You, uh, so specifically, some of you guys are going to run into situations where you're selling condos, and because of the crash, the condos themselves are not FHA approved because they're the owner-to-tenant the owner you know, uh, uh, ratio is all screwed up. 
So when you get an offer on one of your condos, you need to extend, or before you get uh, start accepting offers on your condos, any condo, you need to make sure what type of financing you can actually take on that condo. And then when you do get offers on that, if you need to then put in your addendum that, you know, the financing has to be this type of financing. So you don't want to accept, for example, a VA buyer on a property that's not approved for VA, whatever the situation might be. Do the homework ahead of time. That way these things won't blow out. You guys cannot listen to our radio shows and then, uh, you know, plead ignorance any longer. We're giving you the information to make it no. so you keep your deals together. Right. These Doing yeah. these things that we suggest that you guys do makes it so that you become that agent that everybody wants to use because you're the one that can confidently get deals closed and you're not feeling like you're just like having to learn on the job. This is very straightforward and very direct. Um, and yeah, you do have to play whack-a-mole a lot if you're not following a system. You do have every single day where you wake up where you're worried about your voicemail, you're worried about your email, you dream about your real estate transactions, you have constant anxiety. That's not normal, guys. That's actually extremely unhealthy. Some of you guys experience weight gain. You experience all kinds of crazy stuff that happens because you have that omnipresent uh, tension and stress in your lives. The reason that you have that, straightforward, very simple, is because you're not following a system. You're not actually doing every single day the types of things that you know that will lead to a consistent outcome. You're worried about cash flow. You're worried about being able to service your clients. All these things just come in around you, you know, and that's your choice because if you've been listening to Julie and I, and again, there's 500 past shows at Real Estate Coaching Radio, for the most part, that's going to clear the air on a lot of those things that cause you anxiety. The next natural step for you guys to do is consider becoming one of our coaching clients, and we'd love to help you in any way we can. But the big takeaway here is, is that the most successful agents in the country, you know, they might have anxiety occasionally, like how am I going to spend all the money I'm making, I suppose, right? Or occasionally, because I have too many closings on Friday, how am I going to stack those all up? But those are the kinds of problems you guys want to have. The rest of this stuff really is self-created because now that you know you have an alternative to feeling and acting that way, if you continue to feel and act that way, it's your choice. So we've just basically given you, it's like the matrix, right? We've given you the red pill and the blue pill. You guys got to swallow the pill that's going to basically illuminate the fact that you can make this an elegant, beautiful business because that's really what this real estate is, an incredible, amazing. You guys, at one point in your life, you had a moment of brilliance when you decided to get a real estate license because selling real estate, um, it doesn't matter what the economy is doing, but selling real estate is an incredible way to make money. You know, think about it. You guys, I had a coaching call with Brandon Jackson today. He listens every day. So, Brandon, here's a shout-out. And Brandon, I think, has 60 listings now. He has 60 listings. How much do you think all that inventory is worth? I don't know, mm-hmm. 50, 60, 70, maybe $100 million? I don't know. So what does he have to pay every month to have that inventory? Like, you know, nothing, an assistant, maybe some marketing, maybe three to five grand total. If you had a business where you sold cars and you had $100 million as an inventory waiting for someone to show up and buy your inventory, you've got to pay interest on that money. That's the thing about real estate is you can have all this inventory, have this beautiful, elegant, wonderful business, and you have no carrying costs comparatively to other similar businesses. So at some point, you guys had the brilliant notion to get a real estate license. Well, now you need to take that into the end zone and actually basically start running a business. So if there's anything we can do for you guys, always, always feel free to email us, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In the meantime, I want to sincerely thank all of you for continuing to make this the number one listened to radio show podcast 
uh, in our sector. I think on iTunes, we're still number one. Um, we have more agents listening to us every single day than we ever have before. We're well over 100,000 now. Considering there's something like a million agents, we have 10% of all agents that are, you know, I assume that most of them are agents that are listening to us, that listen to us on a regular basis. That's a huge honor. We really appreciate it. We've, we've kept our radio shows practical and tactical and make it so that we uh, every single show we try to give you guys information that puts you into action, puts you in a position to start making money to help people. Help you know, give us feedback. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. And I love the emails we get. Some of you guys are giving us really. I mean, we had a really. We get a lot of emotional emails. A lot of people sharing, you know, their comeback stories. A lot of things like that. And we don't share them on the radio because they're just inappropriate for us to share. Um, we get a lot of emails from people that are basically, you know, finally had the, the epiphany, the light bulb go off in their heads. Again, those aren't really appropriate to share. Uh, but anything you guys can tell us, any feedback that you give us, it gives us and uh, inspires us as to what you want more of. So let us know. We're here to serve you guys. That's sincerely the thing that motivates us to continue to do this podcast. It's not money. It's not because we don't have anything better to do. It's because we love knowing based on your feedback and based on the consistent listeners, we love knowing that we're actually helping you guys make a difference in your lives. We help you. The individual right now is listening to us on their mobile phone, Jan, Steve, Bud, whatever your name is. When we help you, even in a tiny, tiny, tiny way, we're not just helping you personally, but we're also helping you to help your clients at a higher level. We're hopefully having a positive influence on how basically you interact with the other people in your life, your family, your church, your God, all those types of things. That's what motivates us. We see ourselves as nothing more than the initial pond, pebble that hits the pond and the ripples that come from it. Those ripples are caused by you guys. So help us to know what pebbles you need for us to continue putting in the pond. Give us feedback, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In the meantime, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.